When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How much chocolate was consumed yesterday <laughs> by you or by me or anybody in this chat? Happy February 15th, day after Valentine's Day, 2024. <laughs> Chris Halleck, Corey Christen on the South Side Beat with you, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, live on YouTube. Hi, Chris. How was your Valentine's Day? It was good. Um, didn't do too much, you know. Uh, I got my wife the typical, you know, flowers and chocolate and stuff. And um, we went to dinner with our with our kids uh, at this uh, downtown uh, pizza place. Nice. Um, so got some dinner there. Then after the kids were asleep, we uh, shared a nothing bunt cake, which are if you haven't had one, they're just the icing is <laughs> my wife is already the type of person to eat just the icing off of a cake. And those cakes are like even more like it's not even a quite like even I, I like the cake portion of cake, but even I was like, I just want to eat the icing off this. Thing. What it's, is that? Like one of the tin cakes, box cakes, like you buy the mix. What, how do you do that? Hold on a second. I'll show it to you. All right. He's going to get the cake. Um, we didn't do cake or dessert or anything. My, uh, my girlfriend and I, I'll wait for Chris to get back. Um, similar thing, flowers and chocolates for me. I, I bought my girlfriend a dozen roses. Box of chocolates. Here we go. He's got the cake. Ooh, Leftovers. Boy. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Check that out. Slide it. Oh, my goodness. Look how good that looks. A little ASMR for those that are listening. Uh, I can't hear audio you. Audio so, only as well. Yeah. Little, so, a, little ASMR going on. So, it is uh, those little fingers going over. That's the icing. And it tastes like if, there, if you could put like every kind of drug in there. That's pretty mm. much it. Yeah, interesting. Spice Never Creations, had. Spice Creations knows knows about them. Never had, never had. We uh, so wait for your flowers. Did you go like florist? Did you order them florist, or did you run into the store real quick yesterday? Like, uh, so majority? actually, our local uh, um, one of our local grocery stores here actually does a really really good job. Mm-hmm. Um. They, I mean, like for real, like they've got some some arrangements that are like eighty or ninety bucks, that are you you're pretty much getting what you pay for from the grocery point. store. Wow, for, there's a local there's a local grocery store here that's that's pretty pretty dang good, dude. I wish I could say that I handpicked them. <laughs> <laughs> Groom in his own garden. Yeah, Groom in his own garden. That's gracious is right. Nothing bun cakes are the absolute best. Good. It is. They're they're just if again if you can imagine just like. I think they actually put cocaine in there. <laughs> like, so did you addictive. did you get the flowers yesterday, or did you get them delivered? Yeah, no, did you no, run in yesterday? I, I got them yesterday. I got them yesterday. 
See, I, I like for I like for them to be as fresh as possible. So, were you a Trader Joe's frequenter when you lived here? No, at all. You, you were familiar with it at least. I, I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. I just it's no. So my girlfriend is a big Trader Joe's fan of their flowers, and the one that's in the South Hills. When you go in, immediately to your right is like the row of the flowers. Um. So I went the thirteenth because number one. I was afraid of the rush that would happen on the 14th. And I didn't want them to be out. I wanted red roses, dozen red roses, classic, traditional. I wanted to get red roses. And I said to myself, unless I get there at 8 a.m. sharp when they open Valentine's Day morning, I'm not getting them from there. And and she likes the Trader Joe's flowers. Yeah. So I went the 13th nice. at 8 a.m. sharp when they opened. And it was still difficult. Now, Trader Joe's kind of crossed us up a little bit. And when I say us, I mean me and the other men that were in there buying the flowers for their significant others for Valentine's Day. So we go in there, and again, similar deal, all the flowers on the row on the side. And I walk in there, and I don't see any roses anywhere. I'm like, did they not get the shipment in? What's going on? All they have are like these little mini roses, like little mini bouquets. And I'm like, this isn't right. So I pick out what I think is best. There's a couple roses. Couple hydrangeas, couple tulips, you know, nice little arrangement. And then I turn and I look over, and they have all of the roses in like the middle of the produce section, like a big, almost like pallets full of them. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, we all missed that. So I put my my bouquet back over. I walk over. I get my dozen roses. Easy, no questions, no problem. I'm glad I went Tuesday and not yesterday because. God knows what that scene was going to be like yesterday. So got the flowers, got the chocolates, you know, the heart-shaped box, everything. And then yesterday we went and did a, it was a paint and sip on the south side. Uh, painting with the twist, it's called. There's a couple locations. So we did that as our project, the That's city cool. of Pittsburgh with the point. Nice. I painted, I painted this side. She painted that side. That's cool. So, you know, you see the Highmark building, you see the BNY kind of in the middle. But uh, and we did it like with like with the point. So cool. That man. was fun. We had a good time doing it, and uh, right. we took are us a couple hours to do it. Nice. All right. We are five and a half minutes, and we haven't even talked about football yet. Uh, you know what's funny is when before <laughs> we fired up the mics today, I wanted to see how long we could take it before somebody, whether it was you or somebody in the chat, said something about football. I, so you, I think I think two, I, I think clock. we can get away with two or three minutes. We're we're coming up on six minutes now. I haven't even okay. mentioned it yet. So that's okay. Um, <laughs> No, I was... ask how twisted was I? Actually, I wasn't twisted at all. I we stopped at Starbucks because she wanted this like special um, kind of drink they were making. It was, it was like chocolate covered strawberry themed drink with like a cookie crumble. I got a peach green tea, so we were not twisted for this event. There were some couples in there that brought like bottles plural of wine to do this. Hmm. Uh, not me though. I, I we we stayed sober for this. We also made a little candle that she has at her place. So. Nice. Uh, we had a good time. It was nice. Yeah. That's all right. Nice football. Time. You want to talk football? Nice Let's talk football. Go ahead. Yeah. I guess we got to, I guess we got to <laughs> talk about it, but I mean, we still, I mean, listen, listen, like I off season's just barely getting underway and there's already a lot of noise going on, man. There's a lot of noise when it comes to the Steelers and you know, the, as fans of the team, you should, you should expect that there's just going, the Steelers are going to be talked about 
quite a bit. And Richard's already said, I'm tired of the Justin Fields rumors. It's not just uh, Justin Fields either, by the no, way. No, it's not. And so I, I would just say, Richard, get just strap in. Get yeah. used to it. Um, I did see a question yesterday uh, that would never answered, like expecting any more coaching hires or anything like that. Like this kind of stuff can continues to get sorted out throughout uh, the month uh, leading up to the combine. For mm-hmm. example, Aaron Curry wasn't hired last year until I looked at uh, looked back at it. it was February 22nd. So you can kind of get get, you know, just get an idea that the coaching staff might not be 100 percent final at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Steeler Lee says it says now Kirk Cousins rumors are starting now. I'm not going to sit here and point fingers or, you know, criticize people, but consider the source when it comes to that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these names are going to be thrown around until the Steelers figure something out, until they make some sort of addition at quarterback. Because obviously they have to add some at some point because Kenny Pickett's the only quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to add. And so until Justin Fields is traded to whatever team, until Kirk Cousins signs, until Russell Wilson's traded, until Ryan Tannehill signs, all of these names are going to continually, continuously be thrown around and expect that noise to get even louder um, because, shoot, man, I, I understand like quarterback rumors get clicks, but think about what happened with Mike Tomlin near the end of the season. All those rumors that were going around about how he was going to step away and how he was going to think about what he wanted to do. And we all, you know, any of us who were close to the team, even mm-hmm. though I was 1,200 miles away, I still knew that that was nothing but absolute crap. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Robert. Robert asks, what am I drinking? I'm having a beverage while we're streaming. This is sparkling water. Black cherry vanilla sparkling water. Uh, TJ. TJ brand. Really good. I like it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, what kind of beer do I drink? Uh, I'm a Michelob Ultra guy. I've always preferred light beer. Um, sometimes I'll do a little yingling or if I'm feeling insane, like an IPA or a Guinness, but to stick to light beer um hey, Patrick, by, you gotta have guinness though sure uh by this point as we're at february 15th the starting quarterback pecking order for the steelers next year is kenny pickett mason rudolph justin fields russell wilson uh <laughs> kirk cousins bo nix michael Penix jr spencer rattler michael pratt that's nine quarterbacks i my point is is that things have gotten so blown up now i think to this point where you know you could look at betting odds whatever website.net.com.org whatever and you'll see oh boy justin fields is the odds on favorite to be a stealer or russell wilson is the odds on favorite to be a stealer well they can only get one of those guys uh, or kirk cousins is the odds on fit you can only get one of those guys yeah. so all of this talk about quarterbacks in a way perpetuated by the Steelers themselves by talking about wanting to bring in competition for kenny pickett yeah. Like, that's why it's blown up to this extent. It's blown up to this extent because Art Rooney opened that door. Mike Tomlin opened that door for the competition for Kenny Pickett. So anybody with the pulse is going to look at that and say, well, who are the options for the Steelers? Let's be realistic about the situation they're in right now. The three options in my, in my mind, just on my expertise, my knowledge, my thought, the three options of quarterback next year are going to be Kenny Pickett, one of Mason Rudolph or another veteran free agent that's a little bit cheaper and a rookie. I don't think it's going to get anything uh, unless a trade happens. I don't think it's going to be anything that crazy. Now Mm. I could be wrong, but that's where the tea leaves are reading right now. Again, 
Keep in mind the way the Steelers conduct business. Keep in mind the way this team is currently structured, payroll-wise, money-wise, salary cap-wise. They're shedding money, but they also have more moves to make when it comes to bringing in players for other positions. So they have a lot. They have a lot of work to do between now and the end of the draft when it comes to building this roster. They could go in a billion different ways, and yeah, they could bring in Fields or Cousins or Tannehill or Rudolph Resigns, or they could do a bunch of different things behind Kenny Pickett. And I think I think a given almost that that position is someone comes in via the draft, whether that's early or late. I don't know. I would tend to think that's going to be more day two, if not for sure day three. But this whole who's going to be the guy to compete with Kenny has blown up because it's been open. The door has been opened by Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and, and there are certain names that when they're if 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 they happened now we're obviously operating under the hypothetical here because I there are certain names I just don't think are going to happen. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to happen. Even though if you were to in a vacuum choose one quarterback that gives the Steelers the best chance to win of all of these names, Kirk Cousins is the most likely option. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how this op- that's not how football operates. You can't just operate in a vacuum. You have salary caps, you know, to to you have the salary cap to consider. You have everything else to consider, uh, and Kenny's future. But so then you have to think, okay. Certain quarterbacks are going to be automatically ruled out. Beca- ruled out because if if they were hypothetically sign Kirk Cousins or sign Baker Mayfield, right? Those guys are not going to come in and compete with Kenny Pickett. They're going to come in and supplant Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett will not have a chance to start over a Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield. That's just not right. going to happen. Um, if you sign a Jacoby Brissett, that's more, or a Ryan Tannehill or a Mason Rudolph. Those are more of the types of quarterbacks that are compete with Kenny, push Kenny. And if Kenny loses out in training camp and preseason based off of performance, then he loses out. Then you get your answer. And then really at that point, you kind of get your answer on Kenny Pickett. If he can't even win a a training camp battle heading into year three, he's not your guy, period. Um, That's a very, very easy answer. So. Um, but then, you know, when you go the trade route, when you look at, you know, the two most likely trade partner or trade, uh, candidates would be fields or Russell Wilson, um, you know, feel, I think either one of those guys are more, more than likely bringing in to supplant Kenny. I don't think you trade, you give up the capital that it would require to get Justin Fields just so that he could compete with Kenny. If you're making that kind of an investment, you're pretty much saying we're giving up on Kenny. Now Justin Fields is going to be the guy that we invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rooney just, did say it was unlikely, by the way, yes, that they would he make did. a trade. He, he did, did call it unlikely at the time. Uh, this was not more than two weeks ago. So I would anticipate that's still the same thing, and they're doing their homework and all that. You know, Rick asks here, is it possible to trade Kenny and a pick? for? And he says Fields, but, I mean, you could put Cousins or anybody else on the line here. I think you have to consider that the Bears or the Vikings or whatever other team would have an asking price, would have – determined by that point what they want return and sorry to say and this is maybe an indictment on kenny and maybe this is more telling than i'm just making it out to be i don't think any other team wants to trade for kenny pickett right now i don't think that's in the cards for any other team at this stage the bears are going to draft caleb williams or drake may number one like that's pretty easy to determine at this stage Mm -hmm. the vikings they could do a bunch of different things with the quarterback and by the way they have to pay justin jefferson keep that in mind so if they don't pay justin jefferson that's going to dictate what they do in a domino effect. That's going to dictate what they do with Kirk Cousins. That's going to dictate what they do with drafting a potential rookie. 
like all of these other dominoes across the league. Let's not forget, this isn't just about what the Steelers are doing. If there's a trade, there has to be, what do they say? It takes two to tango. There has to be another team that makes a corresponding move. So with that said, is another team going to want Kenny Pickett in return with the, with the draft pick for whether it's Fields or, with it, or, or if it's Cousins or whoever it is? I don't think that's going to be the case at all. In, in fact, no. and, I, and I think that says more about Kenny and his lack of development. And look, if the Steelers are intent on letting Kenny de- develop and compete for playing time, like you said, Chris, getting Justin Fields, giving up capital for Justin Fields is saying we're going to invest in that guy, not yeah. our current guy. Giving yeah. up capital, which is going to be more capital, and paying for Kirk Cousins is saying we're going to invest in that guy, not Kenny Pickett. Every indication that we've received up to this point from Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin has suggested that they are going to give Kenny Pickett a chance, which means they're not going to bring in a guy that's by default going to beat Kenny out. That's yeah. not giving Kenny a chance. That's going completely against their word. So Kyle Blue Steelers brings this up, brings up a really good point. The lack of market for Kenny tells me he's not the guy. That's also fair. That, I mean, no, seriously, like if you if you approach teams, you know, let's just say the Steelers have it in the bag. Okay, let's just say that they've talked to the Bears and the Bears don't want Pickett in, in a return. But let's just say the Steelers are willing to give up whatever the Bears are are asking. Hypothetically, let's just say this year's second round pick and then a future fourth or fifth round pick. Right. Which I think was like a proposed like PFF. Yeah. did. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's just say hypothetically that that's the asking price. The Steelers are like, we got this in the bag. Nobody. No, all we have to do is is sign on the dotted line and it, it's agreed upon. And they go to all these other teams and say, hey, what do you want for Kenny? And they're like. Or what, what would you be willing to give up for Kenny? Fifth round pick. Uh, I, but but, but see, that's pick. the thing is like if if if, if a, a no other team is like we're 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 not interested. Sure. You know we have our own you know quarterback situation or no. Okay, first off, nobody's going to trade to make Kenny their starter. No. So not if right now. so then how many how many NFL teams want their backup to be a guy who's in development? They want their backup to be a guy who has some experience, not, you know, the catch all rule, but the vast majority of NFL teams want their backup to have some experience so that when they come in, there's a higher floor, right? Right. So that they're not coming in some guy who could be way up here and be like, yeah, he's going to help us score 40 points or way down here. If he's having an off day where like, we can't move the ball, we can't even move the chains. And so I just don't think Kenny Pickett fits that profile. He becomes a very, very, it, it becomes a very, very difficult asset to have on your roster. Yes, it does. I, I love Rick's point here in the chat. Rick says, I think you're wrong about Kenny Pickett's trade value. Forget how he performs when he's a no huddle or under a different OC one game without isn't enough to measure. I actually agree to an extent about that. And I've been consistent in saying, and I still believe this. I want to see Kenny under a different coordinator. That's not Matt Canada. And this is an opportunity to do it. Now, they're not going to trade Kenny Pickett. We're talking hypothetically, of course. Kenny Pickett's going to be a stealer next year, regardless of what happens with the rest of the position. But I think it's a fascinating discourse of if they were going to put if they were going to put feelers out, what would Kenny's value be? And it wouldn't be high right now. If Fields is worth a second round pick, okay. If Fields is worth a second and a fifth, per se, Kenny's got to be what a fourth in that same vacuum. Yeah. If that. Yeah, that, that's my point here. Yeah. So, but again, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find a team that's willing to tr- to to give up one of those picks 
to bring in a quarterback that is most likely not going to start. Unless there's some team out there that is like, you know what? We really like a lot of his traits. We believe we can mold him. But I just don't think that there are that that many of those teams in the NFL. When I, I mean, now, granted, everybody wants to figure out the quarterback position. Everybody wants to find the next Patrick Mahomes. All 30, you know, the other 31 teams want to find those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say the other 31 teams. A lot of the uh, several other teams have a quarterback that yeah. that can win them a Super Bowl. 22 ish teams, yes. 21 ish teams are looking. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want to find a guy who's going to help put them, you know, way over the top. Oh, and, camera. you know, there are some people that there might be a team or two that thinks Kenny can be that guy. The Steelers might are probably one of them. And so that's why, you know, it's a real possibility that Kenny is the starter in, in week one. Um, but again, you know, kind of going back to the main point here until the Steelers make some sort of decision or any of these players make a decision with who they're going to sign with, or one of these teams end up finally trading one of the quarterbacks that they're talking about trading, the Steelers are going to be connected in all to all of these guys, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody coming out and saying Kirk cousins is, is, uh, and his representation is keeping tabs on what the Steelers are doing. Of course he is that agents aren't doing their job if they're not keeping tabs on what all of the teams that are in the market for a quarterback are doing, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's, that's kind of just saying the sky's blue and it's, it doesn't look blue when there's clouds in the way, you know, it's just, come on, man. Like that, that's just, that that's easy stuff to, to, yeah. Well, and the concept that the concept that I think we both brought up yesterday too, and it's a good one is leverage. What leverage do the Steelers have in potential trade for quarterback? And I think the answer is little to none. Yeah, I, I think it's very little, if any. And look, if, if Mason Rudolph doesn't re-sign in Pittsburgh, lack of a better phrase here, the Steelers are kind of stuck. Now, they can always go get a cheaper veteran option to quote-unquote compete with Kenny, although I think it would be less of a competition if they went and did that. And if they don't get Mason Rudolph back, and let's say the option – that re-signs at Pitts or that signs at Pittsburgh is Ryan Tannehill. Okay, just easy layup, easy layup comparison because he knows the Smith offense, and it would be, I think, legitimate competition to a certain degree with Kenny. But then, what do they do with the rookie class? Do they use a first-round pick if the if the next best option behind Ryan or behind Kenny Pickett is Ryan Tannehill? Do they use a first-round pick if Mason Rudolph re-signs? Do they use a first-round pick? Do they use a second round pick? Do they what what draft pick do they use on a quarterback? I feel it's almost foregone that they use a draft pick, regardless of who Y is in this XYZ equation. I feel like they use a draft pick on a quarterback. I think X is always going to be Kenny Pickett in that equation. Y is going to be something along the lines of Mason Rudolph or Ryan Tannehill or another veteran backup. And Z is going to be a rookie drafted wherever it's going to be. Like I feel like that's the obvious route the Steelers are going to take. But with all of this trade discussion, like it's fair to assess it. It's fair to look at it and say, well, could Justin Fields be the Smith quarterback of the future? Could, or the Steelers quarterback of the future with Arthur Smith? Could Kirk Cousins be the quarterback of the future? It's fun to think that, but it's also a point to where we have to look at this realistically and say, are the Steelers which, in my opinion, are not a team that should be giving up extra capital. They should be getting capital, not yeah, giving up capital. I agree with that. Are the, are the Steelers a team that can afford to do that? I don't think they are at this stage. And they don't have the requisite tackle, the center, another wide receiver. They don't have all of the pieces together on an offense where you can look at it and say, okay, they're a Kirk Cousins away. 
for being an elite offense. They're not yeah. that team. No, no, they're they're not. And, and I I don't think like again, again hypothetically that if the Steelers were to were to sign Kirk Cousins that all of a sudden they become a Super Bowl contender. It would depend on what else they could do in free agency and it would it would be a, a lot less if you commit the money it would take to sign Kirk Cousins. But then also what do you, what do they do in the draft? You know, you, yeah. you, now granted Kirk Cousins is free agent so you can sign him. You're not giving up, up anything other than money. So you can then still use your draft picks and everything like that to try to hopefully hit another one, hit another draft class out of the park like last year's looks like. Um, but that's still a bit of a dice roll. And if you if Kirk Cousins were to sign, he's not your quarterback of the future. He's coming. He's either 36 or he's he's up there when it comes to age. He would be your quarterback. You for, he'd be your quarterback for like the next two, maybe three seasons, be a stopgap. And hopefully in that. In that portion, because again, if they sign Kirk Cousins, they've given up on Kenny. 35. So if they sign Kirk Cousins, they're giving up on Kenny. That's it. So then your direction at that point is Kirk Cousins is your quarterback for the next two, three seasons. Find draft another quarterback during that time and have him develop under uh, behind Cousins. That is your new plan at that point. Um, the easiest way for the Steelers to get out of this is the path of least resistance is for Kenny Pickett to just take off. That's uh, so if you're a Steelers fan, you can sit here and you can, you know, <laughs> you can complain about things until, you know, until the sky falls or, you know, any other cliches, but the path of least resistance is to, is to root for Kenny and hope that Kenny succeeds yep. and hope that he takes off. Um, the the obviously the big issue there is, is that over the first two seasons he hasn't shown the ability to get gradually better. It's just kind of been this. It's just kind of stayed the same. There hasn't been. There's been a little bit, but it's just been. It's not nearly enough to be like, yeah, all yeah. I have a really good feeling that he's just going to take this gigantic leap in year three. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely can. Yeah. Happen with Josh Allen, but doesn't mean that it's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. Jeff M says, if Kenny Pickett is your guy moving forward, it's time to tune out the franchise case closed. They've given up. I, here's the problem with that, Jeff. And I, and I understand what you're trying to say. There's, there's a business quotient to this. There is a financial quotient to all of this. They can do all they want with the draft and free agency and trying to make trades. But at the end of the day, the money has to make sense. And the moves they make have to make sense. If they're going to shell out tens of millions of dollars, whatever the, whatever the number is, for Kirk Cousins, and that's the guy you're getting is Kirk Cousins, 35 years old, probably has a couple, two, three, maybe four good seasons left in him if you're lucky, more likely two or three, then you're going to have to compensate on the rest of your roster. And they're paying this defense a ton of money as it is right now. They're going to have to restructure a bunch of contracts. They're going to have to draft and develop. And Chris and I broke this down the other day. They have not drafted well, with the exception of last year, they have not drafted well over the last five years. No, they have not. They have not. So they have to nail the draft better. They nailed 2023. I think we both are confident in that. They have to nail it's the draft still, It's this still year. early, but early results look very, very good. Sure. It's still early. Sure. But we could say right now, as of now, they've nailed that draft. Yes. They yeah. would have to nail the 24 draft. They would have to pick the right quarterback in 25 or 26. This is, this is a longitudinal process. This isn't a one-year confined process. I think that's becoming evident with these Steelers. And yeah, maybe they should have, I can't say cut ties with Ben sooner, but maybe they should have been better prepared 
for Ben's exit than they were evidently. That's, that's a big part of it. That's a huge, that's the start of it. In my opinion, Yeah, they were not no. well prepared for Ben's li- no. for Ben's departure. No, no, that was the, that, that was, that's kind of what's gotten them into this hole because then the quarterback class or the first draft class that they go to address quarterback after Ben retires is a very, very weak class. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was last year's class where you had it was it was a good class with you know four or five guys who could possibly turn into a legitimate quarterback. I mean, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken, and there's there was obviously and so far rightfully rightful concerns that Kenny just can't become a franchise quarterback. Um, they should have they should have been better prepared and you could say Mason Rudolph should be that guy like they, they could have they should they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round they should have let him be the unquestioned number two guy behind Ben the entire time yep. you know um obviously you know what 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 happens in 2019 with the with the major head injury and everything like that um you know I, I definitely that played a role but still I mean that was what Mason's second year I think so let him be the number two guy, you know, for several, you know, for however long until Ben retires and let him, and, and okay. Like let that be, you know, because what we're seeing now after, you know, that four game stretch is like, man, maybe, maybe Mason can turn into something. Yeah. And so obviously I said the path of least resistance is to have Kenny take off. And the reason why I say that is because he's already on your roster. There's no guarantee. Mason Rudolph is on the roster in 24. You've got to convince him with both, the role that you're going to offer him and with money that he, and then have him agree to that. Like there's no guarantee that Mason Rudolph is here. Mm-hmm. Um, not until he agrees to it and then signs his name on the dotted line. So. Chris Davis says what team transitions well for franchise quarterbacks, Packers. green Bay, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas did as well. Romo to Prescott, Dallas did it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do that. I understand that. Uh, that's not what we're, we're not saying it's easy to do that, but also, but you want to avoid that, a 20 year gap like the Steelers had 30 years, the contingency plan, the contingency plan was not solid for Ben's eventual inevitable departure. Nope. It was not good. It was not in place. Yeah. It, they draft Mason at 18 and he could sit behind Ben for four years, right? He could sit behind Ben for three years. Excuse me. All he wants, but it's not like they did, like you said, it's not like they did a good job of making sure that, okay, when Ben's out, we're ready for Mason. It's Mason's time. They never did that. And and look, it's not Ben's necessarily responsibility to, to get Mason ready. That's not his job. But Ben didn't do that any favors either, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. So let's not act like Ben's absolved from everything and he just you know was able to do what he wanted because there, there's a component to, of that as well. And I'm not going to sit here and badger a future Hall of Famer, you know, because he didn't prepare Mason Rudolph enough. That's not his job. But at the same time, there was no seamless or any chance of that transition being seamless, if that makes sense. It was, okay, Ben's out. We have the 20th pick. We like this Kenny Pickett guy. Let's get him. That's kind of what it felt like. That's kind of what it was. Yeah. And and they needed a quarterback, so they went for it. That that picks at even to this day at the time and then even to this day that pick felt forced. Mm-hmm. It just it felt like a pick. It was like that's just the that's almost the predictable pick. They need a quarterback. He's from Pitt. He's the highest graded quarterback in in a very weak class. Oh, it's just it's um, Randy. Appreciate the shout out. 
Yeah. Um, so must read chalk week. talk. Uh, draft presents opportunity to truly anchor offensive line. Yep. Looked at three different prospects, but not just like looking at these prospects and being like, oh, they have to get one of these three guys. It's how would they fit in the Steelers system? Um, mm-hmm. What the Steelers need to look for in a center, whether that is in the draft or whether it's in free agency, what they need. Um, and so I appreciate the shout out there, but um, yeah, the yeah, I think Bill Tate kind of has a point here. They panicked. Yeah, they panicked. But again, you know, you go, but you go back to what they've done through the draft, you know, over, you know, since about since, you know, 2017 was a, was it was a good class. And then 2018, it's just, since then, it's just been what well, we counted it yesterday from 2018, 19 and 20. There are only two guys left on the roster from those three drafts. Like that, that's just, that's unacceptable. Can't that is that. that that's that those, that those are three draft classes in a row. If that would have happened and it, it did to a point. But if that would have happened like in 11, 12, and 13, Ooh. the yeah. Steelers would have – Mike Tomlin might not be the coach right now. Like they wouldn't – they would – the defense would have been – because they – Mike Tomlin had to use those drafts to not only address certain holes on the offense but also com- almost start to completely rebuild the defense because mm-hmm. that entire – those great defenses of the mid to, to late 2000s and even 2010 – all those guys started to retire, started to leave. And so they had to completely rebuild that defense. And Mike Tomlin did, uh, and Kevin Colbert did a, a remarkable job in keeping that team productive. But one of the big, big reasons for that was because the offense became so freaking good. But a big part of that was they drafted David DeCastro. They drafted Marquise Pouncey. They drafted Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they turned Antonio Brown from a sixth round pick into the best receiver in football. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, all those guys that they, that became major contributors were from the draft. 18, 19, 20, you got two guys left. That's unacceptable. You cannot have that. That's another reason why they are where they are right now. Because even if you're weak at quarterback, the rest of your roster should be more well, more rounded out than it is right now. Jerry says, who taught Kenny how to be a pro? And the first name that popped into my head was Pat Narduzzi. Uh, so there you go. A um, couple, couple good points here. Uh, Jeffrey, and, and I've been thinking this throughout the show, but I couldn't figure out how or when to say it. I think now's a good time. Jeffrey says, and he tagged Rick in this in the chat, they have to be willing to lose if it don't work. The Steelers don't lose harshly enough no. to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. They don't lose 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games a season. In fact, they haven't done it in Mike Tomlin's entire tenure here. They don't lose enough to get an elite quarterback in the draft. Now, the, now, thinking that Kenny Pickett being the first one taken in 2022, all right, cool. They had their pick of the litter of that group. Look at that group. It's not good. It's not a good quarterback group. And, yeah, a losing season, quote-unquote, as Phil says, for Tomlin, by Tomlin's standards, 9-8. and eight. Yeah. And they haven't gone below 500. They haven't lost 10, 11, 12 games. They haven't gotten in that position to get an elite quarterback when there are elite quarterbacks coming out from those classes. So, and, and look, Milk Takes Uncle says it here. A lot of coaches would have been fired by now for this quarterback and draft problems. I think there's validity to that to some to some extent. And by the way, by promoting a really bad uh, offensive mind to become an offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's another, by some standards, fireable offense. Yeah, I do think, you know, I understand Art Rooney II's decision to stick with Mike Tomlin, um, you know, and I and I do think that Omar Khan taking over as GM is is you know early returns are good. 
not just what sure. he's done, what he's done in free agency, what he's done in the draft. Has he batted a thousand? No, he's not. Uh, but no GM does. And so it's just how, how, when he, whenever he hits on something, how, well, first off, how often does he hit on something, but then how hard does he hit on it? You sure. know, does, I mean, it, it looks like the Steelers could get four impact players from one draft. That is a, that's, that's good. That's phenomenal work right there. No, I mean, that that's, that could help for sure. Um, yeah, B Phil says it took six and 11, six and 10. Actually, it was only a 16 Still. game season at the point, but no, but yeah, the last time the Steelers were able to get a quarterback that, that mattered, uh, you know, or where you're in the discussion for, a, you know, a, a legitimate franchise quarterback, they had to be six and 10 and then get the 11th pick um, in the draft in order to, to get that done. But even then they didn't get like the top two guys. They got Ben Roethlisberger and it just so happens that Ben Roethlisberger turned into the best quarterback out of the, out of the, out of the draft class, um, which is obviously good to have. But even if they would have gotten Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers, they still would have gotten themselves a dang good quarterback. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. Phillip yep. Rivers became a very, very good quarterback that deserved to win a ring, but just didn't win one. Yep. Um, um, there was a really great draft class. And, you know, you'd love for t- to be in that discussion with a draft like la- draft class like last year's or this year's. But the Brent, last time that the last time they had yep. a draft where they were in, in in the running for a quarterback, it was a terrible class. Yep. Sorry to mean to cut you off there, but Brent says, how many top drafted quarterbacks actually turn out great? Well, it depends on the fit. It depends on where they go. And based on Mike Tomlin's track record of not just hiring offensive coordinators in recent memory, but also with developing quarterbacks that aren't Ben Roethlisberger in Ben Roethlisberger's tenure, do you feel confident the Steelers are going to scout the right guy and draft the right guy and find the right guy in the draft? whether that's going to be Bo Dix or Michael Penix, or if you look towards day two, day three at Pratt or Rattler or whoever it might be, you got to trust that the Steelers make the right call on finding a rookie and finding someone within the draft and now and those crops. Look, Baker Mayfield, we was drafted number one by the Browns. Good pick at the time. People like that pick. And he had a couple decent, decent's a word to use, years for them. Obviously took them to the postseason. They beat the Steelers in the postseason. And then kind of flops a little bit, lack of a better phrase. And he goes to Tampa this year in the right fit. He goes with the right fit. And now that coordinator is a head coach in Carolina. Canales. Not, not many guys are drafted and become like these amazing quarterbacks right away. CJ Stroud is going to be, you know, one of those rare guys that does happen to do that. Well, and, Steeler and- girl says the number one pick last year sucks. Yeah. But the number two pick is going to be really good. For years to come. Yeah. So it's about scouting. Yeah. I don't, don't right want to, I don't want to completely write off Bryce Young yet. The Panthers were just an absolute. They're dysfunctional. Oh my God. They're inept. It's a Dave mess. Pepper's inept. Um, so I, I don't know if it's just that Bryce Young sucks. Jamarcus Russell is the, is the guy here you're thinking of when it comes to a quarterback who was taken number one. <laughs> that was, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you, you you'll take those odds though. If you get an opportunity to to pick in the top ten or even the top fifteen, and you get a quarterback who's there, you'll take your chances. You know, um, <clears throat> the problem is is that if you take a guy, you better you better have done your homework. I mean, not just homework on I mean homework on every little thing about the guy, because if it doesn't pan out, you're end up in the situation that the Steelers are in right now, mm-hmm. with like we don't know what's going to happen. We can hope and we can pray and we can rely on the things that we saw whenever we drafted him. 
<clears throat> along with the you know things that he's seen over the, the first two seasons of his of his career. I just I I there there's reason to doubt right now. And so um, but again, if you're if you're if you're a Steelers fan, root mm-hmm. for Kenny, root for Kenny to succeed because that is the like I said, the path of least resistance. Because again, he's the only quarterback on the roster right now. There's no guarantee Mason Rudolph comes back. Uh, there's no guarantee they trade for Justin Fields. There's no guarantee they sign Kirk Cousins. There's no guarantee they, you know, yeah, it's, uh, and quarterback is just, we're going to talk about quarterbacks a lot because why? Because quarterback is the most important position on, on, on the field. Mm-hmm. It's the most important position in this league. Let's lay a challenge for tomorrow. Then as we head into a football Friday, let's, let's try to do tomorrow's show without using the word quarterback. <laughs> we spent all today's show. Let's try it. Let's see if we can do it. Why not? Why not? It's a good challenge for a Friday. I think tomorrow's also a good day um, where the asylum, the live chatters can bring some questions in. We can answer some questions on a football Friday. I think that's a good time to do it. Yeah. We're, we're the first official Friday of the off season. So we can take it, take some time and see what those that listen in live at 3 PM on a football Friday have in mind for the Steelers or the NFL or, Whatever it has to be, Rick says anti-quarterback Friday. I think we could try. I think we could try to do that tomorrow. We, we spent all day talking about the quarterback today. I think there's plenty more to get into with this team. Um, and, and we'll get there. And the draft is still ways away. Combine's still a couple weeks away. So we have a long road to go. Let's uh, let's check out here at the 40-minute mark. Uh, DK and Ramon coming up, I believe, in about no, 20 minutes. I don't think so. I, I no? don't think so. I don't think they're... I think today and tomorrow, I don't think there's a Ramon show. If I'm, no, DK is in Chicago. Yeah, I think he's either already fly, fly, flown there, uh, but punter Friday. Oh we'll do punter God. Friday. I'm down. Oh. Best player available Friday. There you go. See, now we're getting it. No, there. That's that's more like it. I like. Okay, BPA. yeah. There you go. David says BPA's we got a little confirmation here. No Ramon yeah. and DK for today or tomorrow. DK's in Chicago covering the yeah. Penguins and Blackhawks. I, th- I think Ramon had had something going on too, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I I don't know that for sure. Oh, there okay. we go. Rick says it. Ramon's on vacay. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hope they enjoy their respective trips. Chris and I are home. We'll be back tomorrow, at 3 p.m. Eastern. My kids right. will be here. <laughs> they have a four day weekend uh, for just random random teacher days uh, that they you know it's the it's those uh, those weather days that they put into the calendar just in case and because Texas rarely gets weather they're yeah. just there so daddy gonna... daycare on a Friday that'll be fun that'll be good times and Monday in the Halleck House yeah and Monday yeah. that'll be good times in the Halleck House yeah man. Oh, we're seven, looking forward to that. Seven and five, man. Those are we're we're in the heat of um we're past the toddler stage and now it's the it's the young kid stage and mm. just an almost eight year old. Oh, and Monday's president's day, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think kids like I don't think I don't think schools look at the calendar and they're like, We gotta give them president's day off. I think they just like it just happens to coincide. Same thing with like here, Fair Day. It just happens to fall on Columbus Day. Yeah. Hey, get those iPads charged. Get the gaming consoles ready. Get the TV ready. Someone's got to earn his gaming console back. Uh oh, grounded. Uh oh. I don't need to know what happened, but woo, he's got work to do. <laughs> get the rake ready he's, for the he, yard. Get the rake ready for the yard. There's leaves to pick up. Get the uh, get the hose ready. We got a car to wash. He's a good kid. He's just uh, he's, you know you gotta you gotta you know you gotta parent. You gotta be dad. You know you gotta 
when they when they you know they got to learn you know you make you make choices there are consequences mm-hmm. there are good consequences and there are bad consequences oh, you make a bad man. choice there's gonna be bad consequences the nintendo switch did he go chooks on dad that's funny that's funny <laughs> nicely done rick i'm trying to remember exactly what it was now it's been a while Mm, interesting it's been a while you've had him on punishment for a while sweep away the red ant see here's the here's the thing with all with all of the i'm not trying to tell people how to parent their kids but with all of the um all the all the stimulation that there is for kids nowadays there's tv you know whenever i was growing up there was tv and there was like video games but how many people had like more than one console growing up I, i was one of those kids that typically only had one console um but now there's TV, there's the Nintendo Switch, there's a Nintendo DS that, you know, and it's like the iPad, everything. there's the iPad, there's, there's, uh, you know, we don't, neither one of them have a phone. They're obviously way too young to have a phone, but my, my wife has an old work phone yep. that, I mean, doesn't have a, a data, data plan on it at all, but Put they the can games use it to watch it. YouTube and stuff like that. And so I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, Jeff says better than that. I hate you, teenagers. Yeah, so uh, yes, I, like I, I have a couple of friends who have teenage kids, and I've I've heard those things too. But they still say they hate you even at seven and eight years old. <laughs> oh yeah. man. So uh, oh, yeah, no, there's just there's so many different things that you can, because now it's like, well, I'm gonna take the iPad away. So I was like, all right, I'll, I can play with the iPad now. I can play with my Switch. You know, so it's just like, okay, now just all screens are taken away. Or take if they only away. did a certain thing, it's like, okay, I'll take one thing away. You didn't, you know, you didn't burn the house down. You did something that you know deserves a, a punishment, but not yep. not you know to be completely you know put you in a straight jacket, put you in you know in a padded room. <laughs> Go outside as your punishment. The Leave your I, room. The thing that the I punishment. do love is my son loves to play outside. Good. He does love to play outside. Even with all the stimulation that he has at his disposal, he loves to play outside. And I love it. There you go. All right. We'll be back on a football Friday. We'll do it tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat. We appreciate you all. We love you all. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.